Good morning. I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. Good to have you with us here today for our Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. It's Monday, February 14th, 2022. And we're going to, over the next couple days here, about the, uh, the very end of the fall of Judah. We had the fall of Jerusalem last week. Uh, and then we'll move into the exile, the 70 years in Babylon, which, as you heard yesterday morning uh, before church, the seven Sundays before Easter uh, are meant to replicate that 70-year exile, a time of penitent- uh, penitential reflection, etc. Um, and then, <clears throat> of course, within that, nestled within that are the 40 days of Lent, which are, in particular, of course, uh, we remember either the 40 years in exile or the 40 days in, of the flood, etc., or within the, during the rain on the flood. But I think especially the 40 years in exile. So there's a way that the next couple weeks will ramp up into the, the full penitential season of Lent. Um, but yeah, we're going to be in Babylon, um, not singing our alleluias and uh, hanging up our harps, so to speak. All right, good. Let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right. Our uh, memory verse for this week uh, is from our epistle from yesterday. We say it together. All drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 4. All right. And then our psalm this week is Psalm 146. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Put not your trust in princes, in a son of man in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. On that very day, his plans perish. Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord, his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food for the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord upholds or watches over the sojourners. He upholds the widow and the fatherless. But the way of wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations, praise the Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right, our first reading today is from 2 Corinthians chapter 13. This is the conclusion of the book. This will be the third time I am coming to you. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. I have told you before and foretell as if I were present the second time. And now being absent, I write to those who have sinned before, and to all the rest, that if I come again, I will not spare, since you seek a proof of Christ speaking in me, who is not weak toward you, but mighty in you. For 
Though he was crucified in weakness, yet he lives by the power of God. For we also are weak in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God toward you. Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus is in you? Unless indeed you are disqualified, but I trust that you will know that we are not disqualified. Now, I pray to God that you do no evil, not that we should appear approved, but that you should do what is honorable, though we may seem disqualified. For we can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. For we are glad when we are weak and you are strong, and this also we pray that you you may be made complete. Therefore I write these things being absent, lest being present I should use sharpness according to the authority which the Lord has given me for edification and not for destruction. Finally, brethren, farewell. Become complete. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right. Again, a pretty intense letter from Paul, but uh, you get the, towards the end here, um, leaving them with a bl- word of blessing, always ending with a word of blessing, even if one has to speak with sharpness, as he says here, according to the authority which the Lord has given me for edification and not for destruction. I think uh, I've reiterated this point frequently and in many settings for you, um, that even the hardest word that the pastor says or that the Lord has given him to say um, is not for your destruction, but for your edification for your correction, for your training, for your discipline, right? Um, And that you should receive it as such. The Lord disciplines those whom he loves. All right. And then, uh, again, we hear the the fall of Judah now, according to 2 Chronicles 36. Zedekiah was 21 years old when he became king, and he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. He did evil in the sight of the Lord his God, and did not humble himself before Jeremiah the prophet, who spoke from the mouth of the Lord. And he also rebelled against King Nebuchadnezzar, who had made him swear an oath by God, but he stiffened his neck and hardened his heart against turning to the Lord God of Israel. Moreover, all the leaders of the priests and the people transgressed more and more according to all the abominations of the nations and defiled the house of the Lord which he had consecrated in Jerusalem. And the Lord God of their fathers sent warnings to them by his messengers, rising up early in the morning and sending them because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. But they mocked the messengers of God, despised his words and scoffed at his prophets until the wrath of the Lord arose against his people until there was no remedy. Therefore, he brought against them the king of the Chaldeans who killed their young men with the sword in the house of the sanctuary and had no compassion on young man or virgin on the aged or the weak He gave them all into his hand. And all the articles from the house of God, great and small, the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king and his leaders, all these he took to Babylon. Then they burned the house of God, broke down the wall of Jerusalem, burned all its palaces with fire and destroyed all its precious possessions. And those who escaped from the sword he carried away to Babylon, where they became servants to him and his sons until the rule of the kingdom of Persia to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah until the hand had the land had enjoyed her Sabbaths. As long as she lay desolate, she kept Sabbath to fulfill 70 years. All right, I can get it all on screen there. Good, all right. So um, according to uh, verse 12, what is the judgment against Zedekiah? 
chronicler is very clear. This is a theological judgment, even though it has practical real-world implications. That's right. The king did evil in the sight of the Lord, his God, and did not humble himself before the Lord's messenger, Jeremiah the prophet. All right. And what sort of foolish things did Zedekiah do that again brought upon him God's judgment? Yeah, he rebelled against Nebuchadnezzar. All right. This is, I don't know if it's the first mention we've seen of this, but uh, we have heard that uh, Nebuchadnezzar had set Zedekiah up as his king, you know, a ruling in a sense in his place or under him. Right. Now he had rebelled against him, which brought judgment. Um, and also, though, you see there, he stiffened his neck and hardened his heart against God. All right. The Lord God of Israel refused to hear. We heard that on um, Thursday, right? Where we listened uh, to Jeremiah's re- um, seeking repentance in the heart of Zedekiah, but he refused. All right. What sort of things were happening in the temple? Again, this incurs God's wrath, his judgment. They were defiling it, right? Transgressing more and more, being unfaithful uh, and following all the detestable practices of the nations, right, around them. So Baals, Asherahs, all, you know, that sort of stuff. All right. How did God treat his rebellious people according to verse 15? Lest you think he's short-tempered or something, right? No, he had been sending word by messengers again and again because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. Right? But how did they respond to him? This should sound familiar. They mocked the messengers, right? Despised God's words, scoffed at them, all right? Again, these are all uh, foreshadowings, type of uh, type and shadow of the anti-type Jesus, right? Who was despised and scoffed um, and actually killed, right? You'll hear, actually, this language um, Jesus picks up on in the parable of um, the wicked vine dressers. You remember that one? The wicked vine dressers, that's Matthew 21. So it's, you know, when he's, after he's already entered into the holy city on Palm Sunday, all right? And they understood what this meant. It really makes him upset. <laughs> um, here another parable, there was a certain landowner who planted a vineyard and set a hedge around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. And he leased it to vine dressers and went into a far country. Now, uh, when the vintage time drew near, he sent his servants to the vine dressers that they might receive its fruit. And the vine dressers took his servants, beat one, killed one, and stoned another. And he sent other servants more than the first, and they did likewise to them. Then last of all, he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the vine dressers saw the son, they said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and seize his inheritance. You can also hear echoes of Joseph there, right? So they took him and cast him out of the vineyard and killed him. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those vine dressers? Well, actually, more less than Joseph, more like Jacob, right? Yeah. They said to him, um, so when the owner comes, what will he do? He will destroy those wicked men miserably and lease his vineyard to other vine dressers who will render to him the fruits in their seasons. Jesus said to them, have you never read the scriptures? The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to a nation bearing the fruits of it. And whoever falls on this stone will be broken, but on whom it falls, it will grind him to powder. When the chief priests and Pharisees heard his parable and they perceived that he was speaking of them, (laughs) but when they sought to lay hands on him, they feared the multitudes because they took him for a prophet. The son, the prophetic son. So you hear all sorts of echoes of it there in the parable of this 
of this uh, account from the Chronicler. What did the Babylonians do to the citizens of Jerusalem? Uh, mostly killed them, right? The young men as well as women with the sword. Even the old men, the so the aged, um, were killed. And the weak, right? What they do to the temple? Destroyed it with fire. We kind of heard about that last week, right? Carried away all the treasures um, of the Lord's temple to Babylon, um, which will actually end up... Um, be, well, there'll be an interesting dovetail to that story or a bookend to that story um, when they return from exile. Um, notice here, verse 20. Uh, what's the term used for a group of people who are not killed but taken into exile? It's not used here, but we'll hear it tomorrow. Those who escape the sword. What are they? What one we call them? Those are the remnant. The remnant, right? And all this was to fulfill the word uh, by the mouth of Jeremiah until the land had enjoyed her Sabbaths, right? Which I think is uh, very interesting, right? That the land was going to get a rest. I mean, imagine all the battles, the sieges of Jerusalem, um, the constant contentions over that land between Egypt and Assyria, or uh, rather Babylon, the Chaldeans, um, and also you know faithful kings, unfaithful kings, back and forth, over and over. Finally, a rest for the land, right? It's going to lay fallow. This is like the farmer, right? Who lay, lets the, lay, the land lay fallow so that its nutrients can be restored, right? And that it can have time uh, to rest until the next planting, right? Which will be after the exile. Good. I'll talk more about that tomorrow with Jeremiah. All right, good. Um, oh, I didn't change it here. I thought I missed something. Like, did I catch everything? I oh, will just do it by hand. All right. What is the sacrament of the altar? It is the true body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, under the bread and wine, instituted by Christ himself for us Christians to eat and to drink. Where is this written? The Holy Evangelists, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and St. Paul write, Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. All right, well, let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I come to your the altar at your invitation to receive the holy body and precious blood of my Savior Jesus Christ. I confess to you all my sins. I am heartily sorry for them. For Jesus' sake, I forgive my enemies and all who have sinned against me. I believe that you give me the forgiveness of sins and the gift of new life and salvation through the body and blood of my Savior. Through the Lord's Supper, strengthen my faith in Christ, increase my love for others, grant me faithfulness in my vocation, and give me the joyous hope and confidence of eternal life and salvation in Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We pray today uh, the Collect of the Week as well. O Lord, graciously hear the prayers of your people, who, that we who justly suffer the consequence of our sin may be mercifully delivered by your goodness to the glory of your name. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We pray for faith to live in the promises of holy baptism, for all vocations and daily work, for the unemployed, for the salvation and well-being of our neighbors, for our schools, our homeschools, our colleges and seminaries, and for good government and peace. Let us pray to the Lord. 
Lord have mercy. We pray today, uh, obviously with Dorothy, my daughter, and John, both of whom celebrate their birthday. We pray for the households of our congregation, especially for Dick and Jean, Ross, Dale and Anne, Marlene, Jackie, and Jan and Donna. Continue to pray in Thanksgiving with the Leclerc's at the birth of Carson John. Pray for those ill receiving treatment or recovering, especially Marcella, Bev, Kelsey, Amanda, Dan, Brad, Timothy, and Janice, Ken, Norm, Kathy, Jim, Jim, Mike, and Donna. Pray for our homebound, Willis, Mickey, and Paul. Pray for our mission of the month, Sheboygan Area Lutheran High School. And we pray for those grieving, especially Donna at the death of her brother, Randy. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. All right, as I see in the chat, some of you recognize today's Valentine's Day. It is the commemoration of St. Valentine, martyr. Um, he was a physician and a priest living in Rome during the rule of Emperor Claudius. Valentine became one of the noted martyrs of the third century. The commemoration of his death, which occurred in AD 270, became part of the calendar of remembrance in the early church of the West. Tradition suggests that on this day of his execution for his Christian faith, Valentine left a note of encouragement for a child of his jailer written on an irregularly shaped piece of paper. This greeting became a pattern for millions of written expressions of love and caring that now are the highlight of Valentine's Day in many nations. So if you wonder where it came from, not the chocolate and the candy and all that nonsense, but, but uh, little notes of um, adoration, of love, and of care uh, that comes from Valentine, Valentine himself. Legend has it. We pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you kindled the flame of your love in the heart of your holy martyr, Valentine. Grant to us, your humble servants, a like faith and the power of love, that we who rejoice in Christ's triumph may embody his love in our lives. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, our hymn of the week, which should sound familiar to you, we sang it yesterday during distribution, By Grace I'm Saved. I'm saved, grace free and boundless. My soul believe and doubt it not. Why stagger at this word of promise? As scripture ever falsehood taught. Though then this word must true remain. 
my grace you too will faith obtain. By grace undare they claim to inherit our works and conduct have no worth. God in his love sent our Redeemer, Christ Jesus too, this sinful earth. His death did for our sins atone. We are saved by grace alone. God's Son, our holy Savior, came down to earth to bear our sin. Was it because of your own merit that Jesus died your soul to win? No, it was grace and grace alone that brought him from his heavenly throne. By grace this ground of faith was certain as long as God is true, it stands. What saints have bent by inspiration, what in his word our God demands. Our faith in what our God has done depends on grace, grace through his Son. All right, we're going to hold up there for today. Uh, Lord be with you all. Keep you safe. I hope, uh, yeah, it was a blessing to you today and always. I see Michael, Grace, Don and Karen, Karen, uh, Chris, Lori, um, Gus and Eileen and Tim. It's good to have you all with us there. Yes, and you're right, Chris. Uh, I appreciate uh, that you enjoyed the sermon. I, um, I had a moment of inspiration yesterday morning and had to rewrite what I had written, um, but I thought maybe it would be uh, a helpful way of kind of looking at the way that we uh, falsely take the hope and promises that God give us that are fulfilled in Christ and in his church and in, uh, in uh, the life eternal of heaven and how we try to transpose those into this life, a life that does not have that same promise applied to it, right? We're always looking forward to that hope uh, fulfilled on the last day uh, rather than trying to bring it about now in this life because uh, if we do so, we're always going to do it in a terrible, uh, terrible way um, that's uh, really a corruption both of God's word of gospel but also um, of the way that he, God has chosen to orient this life and uh, for our benefit, all right? So this life is governed by the law, right? Um, and the life to come is governed by the gospel, right? Which means the church is caught kind of in between both. <laughs> so there's always that danger that we try to turn the church into a little utopia as well, um, you know, and lo overlook bad behavior, right? But we're both sinners and saints, and so our church as well uh, can live, lives in both kingdoms, actually, lives in both worlds. All right, very good. So, uh, Lord be with you all as again, as I said, and we'll see you tomorrow again for prayer at 9 a.m. See you then.